0: Hi there, my name is Michaela Storzvad and welcome to Sciences Dope. Please ignore my sick voice today, I'm battling a cold. But here on Sciences Dope, this is a podcast where we dig a little bit deeper into some interesting questions and careers in the STEM field. Um, today I'm talking to my dear friend Blaze Etlinger about his work as a geologist. So, Blaze, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Blaze, and I graduated in May from the University of Minnesota and since then I've been working in the field as a geologist.
0: So what does a geologist do? Like...
1: So geology is a pretty broad field and there could be lots of different uh, career paths you could go into whether it's um, hydro water related things, environmental remediation or what I've chosen to do which is... Uh, E- economic geology or exploration for uh, natural resources
0: okay um, so you've talked a little bit with me about what your job entails so kind of what does that everyday routine or day-to-day look like in your exploration end
1: so for me um, as since I've been having more of an, an entry-level position recently uh, it it's mostly field work. So we are flown out to an area or drive out uh, to a field area where we'll be working for an extended period of time. And usually you get up in the morning and you'll have a safety meeting where you go over the day's events and kind of get a plan going and make sure everybody is as safe as possible and you have a good, good idea what the day will entail. And then from there you go travel to your field site, whether or not that's close to your where you're staying or not sometimes you could travel up to a couple hours to get into the field and get going and um, then you just you do your daily task and we do quite a different variety of things in a day so you're never really looking at the same day twice.
0: Well that's kind of nice that it's like a variety of different things going on every single day. Um, So your job sounds like it entails a lot of traveling where are some of the places that you've been?
1: So for work I've worked in the Black Hills in South Dakota uh, the mainland interior, British Columbia, as well as the Yukon, uh, northern Yukon.
0: Do you have a favorite place that you like to work?
1: I think my favorite place so far has been Dawson City in the in the Yukon, the Klondike Goldfields. fields. It's uh, it's a blast up there.
0: Okay, so what are you guys looking for when you're up there?
1: Uh, up there, it is primarily a gold exploration. Um, specifically, we're looking for basically the source of the gold that started the Klondike Gold Rush in the late 1800s.
0: Oh, okay. That sounds really cool. Um, So what are some of the things that you've discovered up there? Have you found a lot of gold? Have you found anything else that you're really impressed with?
1: So we've definitely found, uh, there's gold in all the Placer Creeks up there, which is just uh, gold carried by the streams and rivers, and you run into that once in a while. Uh, Might be kind of contrary to popular belief, but when you 're out looking for gold, usually gold 's the last thing you actually see uh, it 's usually too fine in the rocks, and you, you don 't actually really get to see it but so you just get to see like traces of other rocks and minerals that would be related to gold um, but up there, not really rock related but something really neat we found was a completely intact uh, rear molar of a baby mammoth that uh, oh,
0: cool yeah,
1: it was completely preserved in permafrost and uh, had been removed during a plaster mining operation. And we were just walking along in a creek and another geologist I was walking with, he uh, an, an older gentleman, stumbled and uh, looked down and see what he tripped over and it looked like a piece of wood was sticking out of the ground and he picked it up and it looked like the like a flat top piece of wood with a bunch of roots sticking down on it. And we looked at it and we're like, that looks like a tooth. And
0: uh,
1: <laughs> we brought it in. We, we had a feeling that it was some larger, uh, herbivore of some sort, brought it into the local museum and they identified it as a tooth. So that was really cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Do you still have it?
1: No, we actually donated it to the uh, Yukon Territorial Museum
0: oh, to put that's it on display sweet. there. Oh,
1: that's really cool.
0: Yeah. your name on a little plaque or something?
1: Uh, the other geologist, Boris, the <laughs> head geologist, he's got his name on there, but uh, I just thought it be cool to find.
0: Okay. Okay. So are there any other things that you found digging? or um, anything else that you're really proud of or something you think that people should know about geologists and what you're doing?
1: Well, a cool thing about, one one thing for people to know is like you can find cool things and cool rocks and minerals all over. I mean, you can find them in your backyard, you can find them in the streams, you can find them anywhere. I mean, some of the coolest things I've found have just been around the creeks in Minnesota and uh, you can find like Lake Superior agates and a bunch of cool things around on the shores of Lake Superior and it's really a, it's, it's, it's a wide world out there, and you can find a lot of neat stuff as long as you put your head to the ground and keep looking. There's lots of opportunities.
0: So how did you get into this kind of work?
1: So my father is a geologist, and I was lucky enough to bounce around with him when I was a kid and go from site to site in Nevada, Wyoming, uh, Hawaii, and got to travel a lot and kind of just fell in love with the the job and love the fact that you can be outdoors and you don't have to be sitting behind a desk for your whole life and it's been it's been great and i'm I'm glad i chose this career path and uh it's it's definitely something that people should think about getting into
0: yeah i was gonna say a lot of people don't really like they hear geologists and they just think oh you're gonna sit there and stare at rocks all day and just like take a magnifying glass and look at them which is definitely not what you do and i mean some people i'm sure do that but I feel like there's a lot more to it that a lot of people don't really understand. Um, one big thing about that is your job kind of entails a lot of digging and a lot of uh, mining and things like that as well. So how does your job impact the environment? Is it as horrible as everybody always thinks?
1: Well, I mean, there's definitely an environmental impact uh, initially of any of any mine development or uh, mineral resource extraction. I mean, that's a, you're digging a hole in the ground, so it's a given. But uh, the real key is, is how that mining is sustainably managed and uh, how the exact mine will impact the environment. And that has different, you know, ranges depending on where you're at. Uh, in the United States, I mean, we have so many regulations and laws and we're a developed country with, with you know, sustainable practices. So it's you don't see the effect as much here. And uh, most of the disasters and things you see are in other countries with less technology and uh, in the last you know forty or fifty years the mining industry has come leaps and bounds into environmental remediation and have completely changed the way they do things and now is actually quite a sustainable practice and companies work together with local agencies local groups uh, just people in general people who live around the area to, to make sure what they plan they're putting into effect is as sustainable and friendly for the environment as possible and it, I, I think that mining's impact today is is a lot less than it used to be. And I think the, the public perception of mining hasn't quite caught up to the levels of technological advances we've had as far as the environment okay. goes. Um, I know it's still quite looked down upon uh, environmentally-wise, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: with practices today, it's actually quite sustainable.
0: Okay, and you and I were chatting a little bit beforehand, <clears throat> excuse me, and we were talking about how mining has a big, there's a big push for it, like a big push for it, and a big talk about it around the Lake Superior area, and as a big fan of the Boundary Waters and a big fan of Duluth itself, um, how, from your professional opinion, does that impact, like, the area up north?
1: So I haven't obviously worked in that area, and uh, I'm not affiliated with any of the companies or know a whole deal technically about it uh but from a just like kind of an outside observer's perspective looking at it uh i mean the two main mine up there twin metals and and polymet they're they both affect the area differently um they they both have different likelihoods of being put into production and uh i think the, the closest to being put into production is polymet and there's obviously you know risks associated with any mining project but it's it's built on a, a site that's already been mined they're yeah. utilizing existing infrastructure so the the environmental impact will be quite low in the immediate area um it the, the impact environmentally i mean it, it there should be little to no impact to the boundary waters the uh drain field and uh drainage basin is actually as far as i can tell Goes more into Lake Superior than the boundary, the waters.
0: boundary waters themselves.
1: Yeah, and um, I, the, the, the mining practices up there will be uh, regularly checked on, and they've set up a large trust to deal with any possible issues. Okay. And it, it's pretty well well-rounded as far as environmental regulations and practices go and i think it'll be a it'll bring a lot of jobs to the area yep. for both construction and production and uh, bring a needed boost to the economy yep. up there
0: as long as it's all you know produced safely and whatnot which it will be yeah and, and
1: that's the thing i mean you know last, you look at a lot of these mine disasters that are pointed to as, as evidence against opening new mines and yep. they've either happened in the 70s or 80s and we didn't have the technology or they yeah. happen in in other countries where they just don't have the infrastructure, the environmental regulations. Yep. But you're looking here in a country with, you know, the the passion and the capability to to do something sustainably. Yep. And uh, not only that, but it's regulated and, and needs to be done a certain way. And and it it'll it it'll be fine.
0: It'll likely be fine. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Blaze, about like yeah. what a geologist does, kind of your experience in the field, and what kind of things that people can look for. Um, I think it's really important that people understand that there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more, not only just to mining and to the research with it, but that there's a lot more to geology and other STEM careers that aren't necessarily as popular that people think about. So thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me. So this has been Michaela Storsman on Science is Dope with my dear friend Blaise Ettlinger. And thank you. Have a great night.